Welcome Builders from Lakeland, Florida. This is the Build Your Success Leadership Podcast with your host, Brian Brogen. We're going to empower and equip you to build yourself and then build others. Now, let's build up with your host, Brian Brogen. Hello, builders. It is great to have you listening to the Build Your Success podcast today. This is a podcast where we try to engage you and empower you to build yourself so you can build others, you can build businesses, build relationships. Overall, just become better at what you're doing. We do that through special guests and through training. And today, we have Jason Cutter on the podcast. And I had a joke with Jason that that Cutter made the cut. So, Some of the bullet points here from his bio, which is a very diverse bio, one I enjoyed reading. He used to clean aquariums professionally for a few years after high school in restaurants and lawyers' offices and dentist offices. He also has a degree in marine biology, and he lived in Santa Cruz. He tagged sharks for four years, from small two-foot sharks by hand to 18-foot great white sharks. That sounds like a lot of fun. He worked for Microsoft doing tech support before he lost all their jobs to offshoring. Wow. And then he spent four years working as a government contractor and did seven deployments from 2011 to 2016. He spent 36 out of 48 months in places like Iraq, Kuwait, and Afghanistan. And now he's a six-figure sales success consultant, a fellow podcaster. He hosts the Authentic Persuasive Show, so we'll find out more about that in the podcast day and he's also the author of selling with authentic persuasion so what do you do in your spare time man <laughs> i don't know based on all of that uh you know um first off thanks for having me on the show i am excited anything to help people build success which like the literally the the title of your show just says it which i think is awesome um in my spare time what am i doing uh you know, either business related stuff or trying to, you know, tune it out and, you know, get out in nature, I would say. Yeah, it's it's funny. And, and I have this conversation with a lot of podcast guests because, you know, we, we try to find folks that have done it, you know, on these on these intros and, and stuff and everyday leaders. But, man, they have so many irons in the fire. And you and I had a conversation before we started this about focus and the importance of focus and uh, just it's, you got to stay with things. Hey, you're an author. I know I had to stick with my book when I was writing my book. That was the one of the most important things going on. I had to focus on that. So, but you do have this great bio and, it, and it's great to understand. I want to ask you, what does leadership and being a leader mean to Jason Cutter? Hmm, that's such a great question. Um, for me, my definition of leadership is having a direction you want to go and an intention of why you want to go there and what the purpose of it is. And then having people follow you and you pulling people along versus pushing people towards whatever that goal is. Um, For me, leadership is really about people wanting what you have or going where you want to go or buying into your vision and then coming with you. Um, Right. Which, then leads into a lot of stuff I talk about in the book and sales and sales success. Definitely. I love that, that description and definition of leadership for you. And I, I thought about, I can make a choice to lead, but I can't make a choice to be a leader because someone else has to choose to follow me. And so I can choose to lead, but someone else gets to decide whether I am a leader 
And, and so I think that's what you're saying here with, with not pushing them. You know, sometimes people think leadership is prodding and pushing. I like, I like your analogy about pulling. I've often thought about it's a rope. It's not a rod. And so, you know, someone can let go of a rope. It can become slack. And, and you can't push somebody with a rope, right? Like you, you, you try, if you've ever tried that, and I've done some leadership exercises where it's like, okay, hold the rope. Now get them to go where you want with the rope by pushing them. It's like, you can't, like, that's just not a thing. It's like pushing a, a wet noodle. Um, and, I, and I think that's very applicable because if, it's, if you're trying to be a leader and you want to be a leader and you want to make people follow you like a leader, then you're manipulating, right? And then you're in, to me, you're no longer leading especially using things like persuasion uh, and, you know, that approach. I think one thing you said about knowing where you're going and having, having that vision and then being able to simplistically cast that vision to others and get them to buy in and understand it is going to be a great quality of a leader. So this uh, being a leader is about having people follow, not pushing them forward. And, and you do this through sales one of the things you said here was understand why they want to be successful intrinsic versus the classic carrot and stick model. I know we alluded to that a little bit, but I'd like you to fill in those gaps for us and tell us more about that. Sure. When it comes to, let's say we, now this is where it shifts into management styles is that most people, especially sales managers and sales, I'm going to use air quotes, leaders, uh, somebody who's in a leadership management role of a sales team, the classic approach is the carrot or the stick. Uh, the carrot is the spiff. It's the bonus. It's the it's the money. It's the you know whatever it is. And then the stick is obviously the punishment side, right? It's the fear of getting in trouble, having meetings, uh, and you know and or potentially losing your job. The challenge with the carrot and the stick is that it's only temporary, and people get desensitized to it right? Like if I give you $5 every time you close a deal, that's cool for the first couple. That's exciting. But at a certain point, you're gonna be like, okay, now I just expect it. So now what are you going to do to get me to be motivated and excited? Now I've, you got to give me $10, right? Like I, I, now I'm going to be excited. Otherwise, you know, I just, I'm used to it. I just expect it. Uh, and the problem is, is that the prize, the carrot has to get bigger and bigger, right? It's $5, then it's 10, then it's 100. Then it's a TV, then it's a trip to the Caribbean, then it's a trip to the moon, right? Like it's always just got to get bigger and bigger. Otherwise, everyone's like, okay, who, you know, what are you going to do? And then the same thing with the stick. I mean, you know, you can threaten, you can threaten, you can have meetings, you can punish. At some point, you just have to fire people and then that gets expensive and painful and then you have no, no people. And that's the challenge, right? Is that you're trying to externally motivate somebody to do what you want them to do. And instead, a good leader is leading people to a direction and having it be about what they want and why they're intrinsically motivated. Like what's in, what's in it for them? Why do they want to be a part of this mission, this, this path, this program? You know, why do they want to be successful specifically in sales? Um, what, why? Like what's in it for them? What's on their vision board? Because you know, I can yell at you or I can bribe you to make that 51st phone call after being hung up on 50 times, but that's so temporary and it's so painful and it's, it, it's not effective versus why are you intrinsically motivated to pick up that phone 50, 51st time and keep going because you have your own reasons why. Yeah. That motivation to, to pick the phone up has got to be more. I, I wholly agree with you. 
you know, as I hear you talk about that cycle of the carrot and the stick, it, it sounds crazy when you hear it spoken. And yet so many <laughs> businesses do it over and over and over again. How do we keep ourselves from, from falling into that trap, Jason? Um, shifting from, you know, managing in the classic sense of what you want to do and, and why you want to push people forward to leadership. And again, pulling the people with you. And really the biggest shift in that is to stop, go backwards, and then figure out with each person, what do they want? So one of the biggest exercises that I've always done, I, I talk about this, but I've always done this with new people. First thing we do, first couple of days when they're new hired, or if I'm working with them, coaching or consulting, make a vision board. We go through an exercise, but it's like, okay, actually build a vision board. It sounds funny. Most people, they're adults, are like, okay, you want me to cut out pictures from magazines and print up stuff? It's like, yes, I actually do. Like, I want you to have a cork board vision board in front of you, over your computer, over your phone. Um, and a good leader, a good sales manager, then knows that for each person, right? So it's not like, hey, Brian, do this or else, or hey, Brian, do this or I'll give you $10. It's like, hey, Brian, how are you doing on your calls? You know, you said your goal was this. How is this helping you? Where are you at with this? What can you do to accomplish your goal, Brian? Like, how do you get that new house you want to buy? Like, how are you going to have to push yourself to get through that? Because I can't do it for you, right? I'm a coach. I'm not on the court. I'm not on the field playing with you. I can't, I can't score for you. I'm the coach. And so when leaders shift to coach and they coach each person individually, then it's a completely different game, right? Now I'm coaching you to play your game in your head uh, versus me trying to win the game for you, which is a lot of sales managers. They just try to, they want to be the one who's scoring the goal all the time because they remember what it was like when they were the top rep and it just doesn't work uh, at scale. Yeah, Jason, that reminds me. I, I like to tell people I should have been born in Missouri, the show me state. And I love... <laughs> physical examples. I love storyboards. I, I, I just love to see it. I tell a lot of people, you know, you can tell me how to do something. I can read how to do something. But when you show me how to do something, that's when I finally get it. And it's probably because I'm, you know, I like to say, make things Brian proof. I, I'm a simple guy, man. And so, so make it simple for me and, and easy to understand. I love that. So I appreciate the fact you do that with, with your team and with your clients. It, it's just a, it's, it's a great exercise. It, it makes it real. And then you make it personal when you go in and say, okay, these were your goals. Mm -hmm. I didn't place this on you. I didn't hit you with this stick. Uh, this is the rope, this nice bow we tied that you wanted to deliver to yourself. And so that, that, that's great, man. I, I, li I love the idea of that. And I, I wrote down, I want to use that myself. So thank you for that. And, and one of the biggest keys with that is the judgment factor, which I think is important to just interject really quick, which a lot of people, they want to put stuff on their vision board and they feel like it's not important or it's not big enough or it's not special enough, right? Like I've worked in some offices where there's like a single parent, a single mother, and they're obviously intrinsically motivated. You literally have to tell them to go home um, because they just have this need that's driving them to be successful and make money in sales, right? Like that's why they're there. And then I've had other people you know, early 20s, 22 year old guy who's like, I just want to buy a new car. But I feel like that's not special enough because this other person has like a family. And I'm like, there's no judgment. Everyone's in a different season, whatever it is for you. It could be a new cell phone. I don't care what's going to excite you, what's going to motivate you. And then what do you want me to hold you accountable as your goal? And um, let's go. 
That is a great way to explain it to people because, like you said, the different seasons of life, we're going to have different goals and different personalities. Hey, man, we are all created so much different. We all have unique thumbprints, eyeball. Everything about us is unique. And, of course, I had a sticker on my door one time that said, you're unique like everyone else. So <laughs> it's being unique is, is an attribute that, that we got. That, and, and everyone has different goals. And I, I appreciate that you tell them that and make them understand your goal is not any less important or more important than someone else's. It's, it's your goal. Own it. And that's, I think that's what we're getting to is, is, is owning the outcome. We hope you're enjoying today's podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Build Consulting Services. Are you ready to reduce workplace conflict? reduce employee turnover, and increase your productivity? If you're ready to put Brian to work for your company, give him a call at 863-800-9658 or email him at brianb at buildcs.net. Now, back to today's episode. You know, here you talked about the order takers uh, I want you to just explain that to us about these salespeople that are just order takers. Cause I, I think that's important. Yeah. So it's, it's one label I started using years ago that I was seeing in sales teams that I was working with and organizations. And, and really, I think what happens is there's the classic manipulating salesperson, right? The, 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 if you say used car salesperson, everyone has something that pops up in, in mind, like that visual. It's not fair because not everyone that sells used cars is you know trying to trick somebody or, or rip somebody off. So it's not even a fair label to use, but it's one no matter what, everyone has that and it's been passed down from generation to generation. And then usually what happens is before somebody gets into sales, they've either seen somebody get ripped off by a salesperson, manipulated, or they've been the victim of it themselves, where they bought something, regretted it probably instantly, and they feel dirty, they feel like they were taken advantage of, and they just hate it. And then what happens, and we, we've all had those experiences, that person then ends up in sales. Most people don't plan to be in sales, they fall into sales, life takes them on a windy journey, they end up like me. First sales job wasn't until I was 27 years old. And I, again, I chose sharks because I would rather deal with sharks than people. That's how much I didn't want to be in sales and didn't want to deal with people. And so what happens is people have these negative experiences or stories in their life. They get into sales and they say, I never want to do that. I don't want to be successful in sales if that's what it takes to win. I don't want to be boiler room, wolf of wall street. I don't want to be any of that. I want to go. I, I'm not going to do that to people because I care. The challenge is, is what happens, they go to the other extreme of the, the, of the line, and then they become order takers, which is they are, use a lot of rapport, maybe a lot of empathy. Um, they may or may not ask questions, usually because they're afraid of confrontation, and sometimes people get mad if you ask too many questions. And so they do a good presentation, a good demo, and then they hope people buy, and that doesn't work. People are scared. They're in their comfort zone. They need help making the change and making a decision, which we could talk about. Um, and so what happens is order takers, they mean well, and the results are just terrible. They're not closing enough sales. They're either always in trouble, always on the verge of being fired. They're never making bonus. They're never making quota. It's always up and down. And for me, the, the, where I see the success and why I wrote the book and why I help clients the way I do is there's a great spot in the middle. So instead of manipulating at one end, instead of being an order taker at the other end, you use all of those positive traits 
but use them in a way of also embracing your duty as a professional and then persuading people to take action for what they need, right? For what they need if you can solve their problem. And then that's where the success comes in. Yeah. And, and knowing what you're selling and believing in it is, is gotta be the highest thing that, you know, I have to sell in my business. I think everyone's basically in sales cause we're all trying to keep our jobs and all trying to keep our relationships. Yep. But I, I've had to recognize I can't sell what I don't believe in. And, and, and back to that vision, that purpose, whatever your business is providing, you need to be able to believe that that is the best service, the best quality whatever it is that drives you to be able to say, I want to offer this to you. And not that I want to offer it to you because I want to receive from you. I want to offer it to you because this is going to be a great value to you and you can use it going forward. And, and I believe in it so much that I'll, I'll, I'll call you that 51st time and tell you about it because it's, it's, it's that valuable. And, and I agree. And that's, that's where for me, I look at sales uh, like sales professionals and making that shift from order taker to quota breaker, um, really embracing your job as a leader, right? Like I have a chapter in the book called sales leadership and not being a manager, not running a sales team, but being a leader over your prospect, right? And so it's funny and, and awesome that you started talking about the leadership thing, because if we extend that a good salesperson is a leader to the prospect, a, a mediocre and or bad salesperson, in my opinion, is a manager of the prospect, which means they're pushing the prospect. They're pushing them across the finish line and they're pushing them into something. And that's what nobody likes. Some It works to some extent, but nobody likes being a customer where they're being pushed. That's where the people don't like to be sold to. They like to buy. No, people like to be sold to. They just don't like to be pushed and they don't like to be manipulated. If you're a leader in your sales seat, right, in your role, then you are going to get the prospect to follow you because you have the solution. Now they're coming with you. And like most leaders know and feel is if they don't buy from you, you've let them down. It's your duty and responsibility to help them get to a better place. And if they don't buy from you, you've actually failed them. Not just like money-wise, not quota-wise. I mean, like you failed them as another human because who knows what's going to happen to them now. Yeah. And, and, I, and I can't stand it when someone tries to push me to, through, through a buy or sell that you got to make a decision now. If you tell oh, me I that, know. that's when I'm done. <laughs> you know, it's okay. Well, fine. Move, go on. I don't need your product anyway. Uh, nope. But it, it and this, and then when they want to try to use scare tactics, it's like concentrate on what your product delivers positively. Uh, it, yes. Sometimes when you're talking about insurance and things, you've got to have some understanding of what the, the risks are. But as sure. far as making that the, the final pitch to buy something, I just don't go for that stuff. I'd, I'd prefer a sales professional walk me down the lane and lead me to a decision. And that does work, right? It does work on some people. The super scarcity, super fear mongering, the super manipulated mode on that end, which it is. Even offering the end of quarter, end of month discount is manipulation, right? People don't think of it that way, but it is. And then what happens if you use that fear-mongering tactic, somebody might buy, but then it's going to wear off and they're going to have buyer's remorse. And so you're not going to have a good sale long-term. You might have something short-term, but not long-term. For me, what I really coach and train people on is, you know, one of the things out there is, okay, well, you've got to ask for the sale. And there's all these gurus and strategies and books and ask for the sale and do this. And like, 
if you have to ask for the sale, then you're not a good leader. Going back to what you said earlier, right? Like, I don't ask you to follow me. Hey, I'm a leader. You need to follow me. Like, are you okay with following me? No. If I'm a good leader, people are following, right? And so same thing with sales. If you have to ask every single person if they want to buy from you, then you're not a, you're not a professional sales leader or, or sales pro in my opinion. Yeah. And, and leave that, that option up to, to them. Hey, here, here's what I'm offering. This is the, this is the value proposition. And, and if you want to buy this, I'm here for you. And if not, yeah, but, and, and what I would do is I would extend that because the challenge is that's where order takers get in trouble, which is they make a good presentation. I leave it up to you. Most people are just going to default to doing nothing. If they were going to do something and buy, they would have already bought. They would have said, Hey, Brian, I'm interested. How do I sign up? Right. Or they would have ordered it online. So people are scared. There's a primal part in their brain that still thinks it's 10,000 years ago and there's saber toothed tigers trying to kill you, even though there's not. And so change equals death. And your job is to help them break through that and feel safe. And so an order taker kind of does that where they say, okay, here's the options. Let me know what you want to do. A sales professional to me operates more like a doctor does in their conversations, which is, I see you have a problem. I diagnose it. Here's the prescription. Let's go. Right. The doctor doesn't say, Hey, your arm is broken. You know, let me know what you want to do about it. I have a couple different options. Here's my card. I can email you. You know, I'll call you next week and follow up and see if this is something you're interested in. No, the doctor says, Your arm is broken. We need to put a cast on it. Any questions? Hold on. This is going to hurt. And then we'll, we'll get you better. And I'll see you back in six weeks. Right. I don't ask you. You've already given them permission by starting the conversation. They've identified that you have a problem they can solve. Hey, it, it, you know, is this, is this brain surgery something you'd be interested in? You know, just let me know if this is something you'd like to do. No, I absolutely would never do that, right? Not somebody who cares and sees it as their duty and responsibility to make you well, which is what you should do as a salesperson. That's, that's great. You're, you're owning it and you're, uh, and you're letting them know how you are the professional and where you can, where you can help them and guide them. That, that's it's good stuff. So tell us more about the book. Uh, when, when did you publish your book? So it came out uh, August 31st. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been great having it. I, I love having this tangible thing. It still hasn't totally hit me yet. Um, um, but it's super fun. And the, the feedback's been great. It's, a, it's, a, it's general. So for me, I wrote it with all of my experiences, mostly as an inside telephone sale. Since then, since it's came out, you know, a bunch of people are applying it to different verticals, you know, retail, business to business, you know, all kinds of things. And it's fun because, you know, like, you know, the sales is sales at some level. There's just some fundamental things that just applies to anything. Well, well, give us two points from the book that, that are just would resonate with people that want to know more about leadership and about sales. Um, you know, I think the first one we talked about, which is the, you know, taking responsibility of the process like a leader. So moving through your process, your sales conversations, and being the leader, being the one who's in charge. It doesn't mean about control, but it means being in charge and walking the prospect through that process, I think is so important. And understanding and shifting that, like you said earlier, I'm not doing this to, to you know, sales is not something I'm doing to you. So sales is something I'm doing for you and with you. And when you come from a, that approach, it's a totally different game. So I think that's one of the, the biggest lessons for people to take on the leadership side. 
And then the other part is on more on the control side, which is always being in control, always driving the, the bus in that conversation and making sure that you're the one that has a goal in mind and you're going to take that person there with you like along this journey. Um, a lot of people end up in sales and they kind of have a process and then they get derailed by the prospects and they just don't know how to get it back on track and be successful. Those are two great points. And in our show notes, we'll include where our, our listeners can get at the book. I want to end on something fun here. So how do you tag a great white shark, man? Tell us a little bit about that. That's got to be fun. <laughs> uh, it takes several people. So uh, luckily I was, uh, when I joined the group, uh, they had just upgraded boats. So they went from a 16 foot boat to a 21 foot boat. So we had a 21 foot boat tagging 18 foot great whites. So let that sink in. Um, and, uh, my job as the young guy on the crew, I was the bait guy. So we had, you know, bait hanging off the boat to attract the sharks. And then we were tagging them for research projects. Uh, my job was to keep the 18 foot great white shark from eating the bait using a stick. So I would poke the, you know, 6,000 pound shark away from the bait or pull the bait in the boat. Um, and then another guy was spotting for the shark. And then another guy had the long tag, the tag at the end of a long pole, and then the goal was to get the shark to swim by and then, you know, tag it in the back and usually only have, you know, a couple of shots at it before they're gone. And uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty wild. So we'll give our permission, our le listeners permission to lead sharks with a stick. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you can lead that's the it. sharks you know, and, with and, a stick. And it, you know, and it doesn't take much. You can, you know, push them off course with just a little effort, but uh yeah, it's definitely, it definitely could be intimidating. Nice thing about sharks, they got one direction. They got one thing in mind. They got one direction they move. They got one goal in life. Uh, it makes them very predictable uh, at a certain level, you know, versus humans. So it's definitely fun. That's a great story, a great season of, of your life and your bio, this very diverse bio here. So that that's just fun stuff there. I'm, I'm sure you enjoyed that part of your life early, early yep. in your career here. Well, man, listen, it's been great to have you on the Build Your Success podcast today. How can our listeners get in contact with you? You know, the simplest place is if they go to jasoncutter.com, I have that as a hub for everything. So they can find information on the book, on my consulting, my coaching, setting up a time uh, to chat with me, various projects and courses. jasoncutter.com is a great place. And then, you know, I am on LinkedIn most. So they can find ways to email me, but if they go to LinkedIn and find me on there as well, uh, I'm very active, connect with anybody, chat with anybody, do lots of posts. Well, that's great. And for our listeners, we'll definitely include that in the show notes so you can find Jason's contact information, look at his website, find out more about him. Where can they get your book? So it's available on Amazon, uh, Kindle and hardcover. And then you can also get it directly from me at authenticpersuasion.com. Uh, I also have some bundles. So for teams that are looking for it, they you know, either want to do a book club for their team or buying it for a whole group. I have some special packages on there as well that include some bonuses, you know, just some extra coaching and, and fun stuff for the groups that really want to, you know, uh, move a whole team forward. Sounds good. We'll include that website there as well. So get his book at Amazon, but you can also find these packages at AuthenticPersuasion.com. It was great to have Jason on the podcast today. It was great to have you listen to the podcast today. Will you do us a favor? Go to wherever you're listening to this podcast at that platform and leave us an honest rating and review. Share this podcast with others, those that you think might want to hear Jason and his story. And then remember to build yourself and build others. Thank you. 
Want to learn how to build yourself and build your team? Visit www.buildcs.net and learn about Brian's programs, special offers, and more. Build yourself and then build others. 